Welcome to Highlight Church, everybody. This must be like the, the good section over here because it is filled to the brim. Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll come down there and sit with you in a few minutes. Welcome to Highlight Church. Um, week number six, I think, of the I Promise series. And uh, we are excited to, well, today is the end of the I Promise series. This is our last message. Uh, how many people sad about that? Yeah. Okay, not really. You're excited <laughs> that we're ending the series. I guess you're excited for Easter next Sunday, right? Let's give it up for Jesus and his resurrection power and his love. Um, so, yeah. Hey, go ahead and take about 17 seconds to greet your someone that you don't know. Um, and if that's awkward for you, don't worry. You just sit there like you don't see anyone. That's cool. But let's take about 17 seconds, show each other some love so I can get myself prepared here. Awesome. Amazing. Have you ever uh, seen, especially with the advent of uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, have you ever seen your friends out for like lunch or dinner or they were at a party or something? And you're looking at everyone who's there. You're looking at John, Sue, Sally. Why are they always named John, Sue, and Sally? Like, whenever <laughs> we're talking about uh, representations. Um, you see John, Sue, and Sally there. And you're like, huh, that looks fun. That looks amazing. But I didn't, I didn't get the memo. Like, I didn't get the invitation. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that this was happening. Um, Man, that is, that's great, and now I'm mad at them, and now I'll never talk to them again, or I'm going to end up holding a grudge. Um, I think we've all been through that before. Uh, I know one season that actually happened to my wife, and she was a few months pregnant, and uh, I'm like, yeah, babe, you, you should have been there. They, they clearly left you out for uh, certain reasons. Uh, you should have been there. On the other hand, some of us have been invited uh, to ceremonies, uh, award what, shows or ceremonies. We've been invited to weddings, parties. There's the one half where we're not invited and we should have been there. And there's the other part of our lives and, and certain situations where we have been invited. We have been included into something that we should have been involved in. Um, Today, I want to talk about just that. I want to talk about God's promise. God promises that you are invited. You're invited. God promises that you're invited to the party. No one's left out. No believer. No atheist. No Buddhist. No Hindu. You are invited to the party. Um, no matter what you've done uh, in your past, 
uh, you're invited. Certainly, if God can invite someone like me, he can invite someone like you. Um, And so uh, I just don't have time to share my testimony this morning. But God, I believe that God is always inviting us into greater levels of joy. I believe he's inviting us into greater levels of peace and, and purpose. Uh, I don't think God's through with you yet. I think if you're, if you're awake this morning, I think God is actually just getting started in your life. And so he's invited you into a way out of your situation, a way out of your addiction, a way out of your struggle. He's inviting you to a way up, a way out and a way up. Um, he's inviting you into greater perspective. A lot of times I think that when we're in situations that we can't handle, A lot of times it's not God's agenda to get you out of that situation quite yet. He wants to give you a greater perspective where you're at, maybe a greater plan. Um, I I just I believe God has invited you to the party as well. I also think this I think I think that some of us have gotten stuck where we are. So God's invitation to you may be I'm inviting you to a process of growth. I want you to grow. And in order for you to grow, uh, you need to be tested. And for those of us that think we're super independent, God is inviting us to be totally dependent on him. I I think we can fall in line here. God says, I promise you're invited. No one's left out. Go with me to Luke chapter 14, the gospel according to Luke. If you have your Bibles, it's in your New Testament, the last half of of the good book. Um, if you've reached Acts or Romans, you need to go back to the left. Luke chapter 14. Are we ready, church? I promise you're invited. Luke chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's about to use a parable. A parable is a story, uh, an illustrative story that is rich in spiritual meaning. This is often how Jesus taught. Um, So here, Luke 14, verse 15, and it says, uh, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in heaven. Um, Jesus had just got through talking about the resurrection of the dead, those that will die in Christ. I can't wait to start teaching like, we've been in preaching mode for, like, six months. we got a new series uh, starting May 7th entitled uh, Chosen. We're going to teach through the book of Ephesians. Um, but right here, Jesus is uh, following up on a comment or a teaching he, he made about the resurrection of the dead. Uh, come next Sunday, it's going to be amazing. And so here, Jesus replied with this story. A man, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. This man represents God the Father, okay? And so, but they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Who actually buys it and then tries it out? (laughs) These are ridiculous, Another said, I, uh, please excuse me, blah, blah, blah. And another said, uh, I now have a wife, so I can't come. 
Okay, if you just got married, chances are you're going to want to keep going somewhere fun, a party. I mean, come on. Don't give, don't give God an excuse. We're going to talk about that later. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still more room. God said, there is still more room. Still more room. Verse 23 in conclusion. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone. Anyone. You find to come so that my house will be full. Anyone. Anyone. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's get going. I want to give us three points of encouragement about God's promise that you are invited. You're invited to the party. You're invited to growth. You're invited to more joy. You're invited. Today, you're going to leave here with more joy. More joy. Today, some of you are going to get set free from addictions. Today, you're going to love your wife again. Today, you're going to hope again. Um, today, you're going, to, you're going to drop some bad habits, and God is going to set you free. Point number one, I want to talk about God's preparation. God's preparation. God's prep. So in the Old Testament, uh, they believed in what was called the Messianic, uh, the Messianic banquet. Um, the Jews for hundreds of years had been in and out of oppression, be it the Babylonians were, were oppressing them or the Persian um, um, nation was oppressing them. At this current time, when Jesus was alive, it was Rome. So the Jews, they were looking for this Messiah, this, this man, to, um, to come and set them free and deliver them and to make them the number one nation in the world again. They were looking for a natural uh, solution, a physical solution to what was inevitably really a spiritual problem. Jesus said, I'm not going to send a Messiah because your issue is not a lack of money or a lack of power, I'm going to send a Messiah in the form of a Savior. Because what you need, God said what you need is, is someone that's going to save you from your sin. We, we need to do the inside work first, and then we can start to look good on the outside. And so um, they were looking forward to this Messianic banquet in the Old Testament. So when this guy came, he was going to set them free. They were going to be good. They could shop. They could eat. They could do all this stuff. And uh, we were going to eat with the Messiah. It was going to be amazing. But that's not what God did. God sent Jesus Christ. So this parable is about the resurrection of the dead and when we are in heaven for the, uh, the, the, the Messianic. It's not the Messianic banquet. It's the, um, the, the, supper, the supper of the Lamb. I'm sorry. The supper of the Lamb. Um, and so we're in heaven, we're at a table, and we're going to be eating with Jesus Christ himself. Jesus himself is preparing a supper for you and I. We won't be stuck here forever. I think the greatest promise in Scripture is found in the book of Revelations. It says there's going to be a day where there are no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, 
It's going to be all good. No more debt. It's going to be all good. And at the supper of the Lamb, we're going to experience the fulfillment of God's joy, the, 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 the tangible manifest presence of God's power, his love. It's all going to be here at the supper in eternity. And so Jesus was talking to that angle when he was mentioning what he was mentioning in this parable. I remember our wedding in um, November 13th, 2013. It was hashtag rustic wedding wedding. Hashtag rustic wedding wedding. If you actually hashtag it now, you see all the pictures. It was, it was, it wasn't rustic romantic. Oh my God, I'm blowing it. It was the longest hashtag you could ever think of, wasn't it? Hashtag rustic romantic wedding wedding. Okay, cool. And so... Excuse me. You want to preach? Okay, go. We'll take a break on that. You guys are paying attention this morning, making me kind of nervous. Anyway, this is what I've been asking for, right? Right. So yeah. So it, this thing was amazing. We Casa de Feliz was the uh, old uh, Spanish house we we uh, reserved in Winter Park, Florida. If you ever have a chance, go to Winter Park, Florida. It's an amazing city. Um, and then we went to downtown Orlando for our reception. So the ceremony was during the day, 70 degrees outside. It was beautiful. As a matter of fact, when she turned the corner, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. You know how we wait. <laughs> she turned the corner with, with uh, our oldest son, Jaziel, and her mom, and the wind just said, Phew. like, we, we knew God had just showed up when she turned the corner. I'm like, yes, Lord, it's going to be a good honeymoon. And so um, she turned the corner, and uh, man, it was amazing. I'm so wasting so much time with this. So yeah, we had a great uh, wedding, and, and we had the reception. You know, we, we kept it clean. I love Coke, Coca-Cola. I love Coca-Cola. Um, and so our drinks were glass bottles of Coke. We had, we had chicken. We had filet mignon. Is that how you pronounce it? I always get the G messed up, but it's mignon, right? Mignon, mignon. I don't know, but filet mignon. And uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Let me tell you what. I even danced. And anyone that knows me, I don't dance. We came out to uh, Justin Timberlake's. Someone give me an amen if you know this song. Strawberry Bubblegum. This is on. This is on. This is on I uh, podcast. So anyway, man, it was amazing. Um, we set up something great, not just for ourselves. And my dad, he's 80 years old. He's going to be here next Sunday. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, man, that's my boy. Well, he's a man, but that's my boy. Um, and he says, son, I, not, not because you're my son, but I've been to a lot of weddings in my years. And this is the best one I've ever been to. And, and you know, a lot of people said that. And so it's, Jesus was glorified all in it. It was just amazing. So um, we, we, we set something up, not just for us, but we wanted people to experience the joy that we were going to experience on the day of our wedding. We wanted people to come to our wedding and actually be fulfilled. We also wanted them to bring gifts, but we wanted them <laughs> to be fulfilled in the way that we were being fulfilled. And I think we hit the target. I guess what I'm saying is, is this, is that God wants you to be fulfilled. He wants to, to you to, to, to experience what he's prepared for you. 
I guess what I'm saying is, is this. We set up something for the people we love the most. We invited them in, and they actually experience what we prepare for them to experience. God has prepared for you to experience something great in the year of 2017. He loves you, and he's prepared something great. And I think one of our greatest misfortunes as human beings is our ignorance about just how uh, our ignorance, just how much about torch, just how much God has prepared for our lives, our ignorance. We're misinformed. We don't fully understand. We, we really don't understand how much more he has prepared in 2017. You, fully, you really don't know how much he has prepared in 2019. As you continue to step with him, to grow in him, to read your scripture, to show up to light group, to, to, to pray, to fast, to, to set yourself apart from the group that's not pouring into you or building you up in your faith. You really don't know how much he has already prepared. Like he's actually wrote it down. He's thought it out. He's bought it. He's assembled it and he's put it over there for you. It's prepared and it's waiting for you. Now, we always say that God has a plan for people's lives, but I believe that. But a plan means that it's still, it's still in motion. The preparation thing, though, is already here. It's already here. He, he, he's, prepared, he's prepared great things for your life. God loves you, and what he has prepared for you is the best. I, I want to stay there. I got more things in my notes, but I... I want to stay there because I believe that there's a devil out there that's lied to you. And, and he's told you that what God has for you is not the best. He's told you that it's boring, it's dry, it's lame, and it's dull. But what God has for you is the best. The best marriage, the best plan for your finances, the best community, his church. What God has for you is the best. There's a reason why you continue to go back to that thing. Because it's not fulfilling you. You need to start stepping towards what he's prepared for you. What, what he's prepared. Being a preparer is at the core of God's character. John 14, 1 through 3 says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. This is Jesus. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would, have, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's going to be dying soon on a cross for our sins. He's going to be in a grave for three days. We're going to talk about his resurrection next Sunday. After he resurrects, he's going to be on the earth for a month and a half, instructing the disciples, giving them their marching orders. As a church, I need you to go and reach the world, not gather. You got to go and reach. Don't just gather. Go and reach. He gives them their marching orders, and he, he gets taken up into heaven to be with the Father. He's trying to prepare them because they have a, 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 a major assignment, a major task. They have a great calling on their lives. So what he's saying is that don't worry about the trouble that you're going to incur on the way to fulfilling your calling. You're going to run into trouble. You're going to run into setback. You're going to run into mountains. But guess what? I am in heaven preparing a place for you. This word room in the Greek means dwelling place. 
So in the King James translations, it tells you that in my father's house, there are many mansions. I'm going to heaven to prepare you a mansion. This is my thought. If G- I can't wait to get my mansion. That's number one. <laughs> if Jesus has prepared something for me in heaven, y'all got to finish this for me. He's certainly prepared something for me in the present. Amen. He's not just going to prepare something for my soul and not prepare something great in my present. And he's talking to ex-prostitutes ex-fishermen, ex-tax collectors. He's talking to single moms. He's talking to divorced people. He's talking to to alcohol-addicted people, drug-addicted people. He's talking to every kind of demographic that you can name under the sun. And he's saying, because you've said yes to me, I go and I prepare a place for you in heaven. But like I said, this is my thought. If he's preparing a place for me in heaven, he certainly prepared something for me in my presence. In my present, in my present, in my present. If he's prepared something for my soul, he's prepared peace for me and not struggle, joy and not sadness, prosperity and not poverty, not just talking about money, but prosperity in every area, health and not illness, purpose and not just lack. He's prepared great things for me. So therefore, I have to continue to walk towards the invitation. God has invited you into something. You better get to stepping towards what he's invited you to. You better get to stepping. If he's invited you to an attitude change, start putting a smile on your face. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. If he's invited you to have a conversation with that person you've been having an issue with, have that conversation so you can have that breakthrough. If he's invited you to put the bottle down, put it down so he can set you free and fulfill you in a different area. There's an invitation because he's prepared something great for your life. God is a preparer. Luke 14 verse 18 says this. It says, but they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Okay, dork. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. All right. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. I want to talk about God's preparation, but we need to talk about, before we talk about me stepping towards anything, I have to first check my excuses. My excuses. My excuses. My excuses. Um, All of us are great at making excuses in some area of life. I'll be the first to raise my hand and and admit that. I I make excuses to this very day. Um, I have have a a lead team that I work with. with. It's about seven of us on that team. And so I have about two or three days throughout the week where I get about three hours per, per those days to just kind of have some woosah time because I'm at home with our baby boy. And I don't, I don't want to meet with anybody, but about two weeks ago, I, I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. God, God was saying, you need to start meeting with your team during those three hours that you have. I said, Lord, I just, I just want to write my sermon, drink my coffee, and chill in the bookstore. You know, they're okay. But God was saying, if, if this church is going to grow, I need you to stretch. 
So I need you to, God gives you a plan. He gives you a plan. God can speak to you and give you a plan. He says, you have six people on your team. You need to meet with three one week, three the next week, and interchange them every other week for an hour on your, on your three hours off. And this is what I've been doing. And we're, we're coming upon Easter, and the egg drop is coming. A lot of people are going to be there. And next Sunday, this place, we're going to have to put some more seats out. But my team has to be ready for the increase. If not, they're just going to go out the back door. So God is trying to prepare me for the increase, and I was, I was giving him excuses. I've come to find out that there are three reasons why I don't accept God's invitation. Number one is my pursuit of material wealth. We see this in the story, my pursuit of material wealth. I have to go to work. Then I have to be in bed at a certain time, Lord. I, come on, Lord, you... This ain't a season where you're calling me to read my Bible for a half an hour. I got, I got to go to work, man. I got to go to work. The second thing is our schedule in general. So I, I got to go to work. I got to work out. I got kids. I got school. Come on, man. I, I can't go to a light group. Come on. I, I can't have that conversation. God, I'm tired. I, I don't feel like forgiving that person right now. I'm, I'm tired of their... Come on, man. And then the other thing is family affairs. So we see here schedules, material wealth, and family affairs. Let me tell you this. The number one thing, the thing that should have top priority in your life, husbands, fathers, wives, daughters, single people, whoever you are in here, the way that you love your family the best is to prioritize God the most. The way that you love them the best is to prioritize God the most. The way, the way that I lead my family is into prayer, into fasting. We get paid 12% coming off the top of that paycheck. It's, it's, not, it's not an option. It's not an option. We, we pray at night. We read the scripture. This isn't, all right, God, Judah is sick. He didn't go to bed to 10 p.m. He woke up at 2 a.m., 4 a.m. because he couldn't sleep. Then he woke up again at 6 a.m. for the rest of the next day. God, I can't. I can't have this meeting today. You have to have the meeting today. Your excuses. And so I've started to do some evaluating. The things that God is inviting me to, is there a valid reason or are these truly excuses for me not growing in this process? A valid reason is this. When a situation is what it is, and you have taken account for the part that you play, you've taken full account for why you can't do something. Like, it's literally a valid reason. You try this, you try that, and you try that. Every option is exhausted. You have taken account. You're being honest. An excuse is this. A situation is what it is, but you found a way to put the blame on everyone or everything else. That has nothing to do with what God is calling you to. For example, I didn't pass the test because my professor didn't teach me what was going to be on the test, but he gave you a review packet. Another thing, I can't save money because I don't make enough. 
but you make something. Question is, are you living above your means? I, I, I can't read my Bible because I don't have enough time. You have just as much time on your clock as Barack Obama, Donald Trump, me. You have just as much time on your clock as anybody else. You have just as much time on your clock as the most successful person that you know. It's an, it's an excuse. It is, it, it's an excuse. What area of your life is God calling you to drop the excuses so that he can bless you with his excellence? What, what areas, what areas is, is God like, I, I got this, I got that prepared for you, but I can't get you past this excuse. This, this excuse is holding you back. This, this reason for why you can't, this thing that has nothing to do with you or the thing I'm calling you to, you continue to point the blame to other people, lack of resource, other things, your past and all this, and you're missing what I have prepared for you. I can't do this, Lord. I believe that you can. If I didn't call you to it, if I, if, if, if I didn't call you to it, I wouldn't have prepared a way for you to make it. I want to say this. There is a reason season. You need to watch out for these. There is a reason season, meaning that at one point in your life, there was a legitimate reason why you couldn't. But reason seasons oftentimes become breeding grounds for the use of an excuse. What used to be a legitimate reason that has now matured into an excuse? We have Krizia, our kids director on our team, and uh, she had said yes to moving with nine strangers, no salary, no guarantee to starting this church. This is child's wife. She's back there killing it with her team every weekend. She never comes in here. If you see Krizia, give her a hug and a kiss on the cheek. If you're a female, um, watch yourself. And man, she, uh, she lost her dad suddenly. She was there when he died, pretty much when he passed away. About three weeks before we moved from Florida to start this church up here in Maryland. Now, she had every reason to say, you know what? I'm concerned about my mother, her being alone, her health, and her finances. I need to stay, and I need to, I need to watch out for her. She said no. She said, Jesus has called me to this church. I mean, she's just serving your children. <laughs> she said, Jesus has called me to people that I don't even know. And I wish people would get that kind of faith. She had a legitimate reason that she didn't allow to become an excuse. Watch this. You need to take a note. Your excuses are the exit signs to your God-given destiny. I don't see anyone writing. Are we recording? Your excuses are the exit signs to your God-given destiny. Some of you are, are you're excusing yourself from being a great student. You're excusing yourself from being a future leader. You're just, I can't do this. Okay, well, you won't. 
someone else will. You're excusing yourself from so much. And God is like, all right, we got to keep on going. What excuses have been leading you to the exit? You need to write a list this week. And you need to completely obliterate those excuses in the name of Jesus. What excuses? There is never a good enough reason or excuse to miss out on the life that God has prepared for you. Every area of it. Every area. Luke 14, 21 says this. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious. Oh, my God. These man, they don't get it, do they? No, no, master, they don't. Well, all right, do this. Do this. All right, what, what shall we do? His master was furious. Go quickly into the streets. Quickly, quickly, quickly. We, the church needs to go quickly, quickly, because the first group don't get it. We need to keep going quickly. Into the streets and alleys of the town, invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. They, they, their lives are okay. They got everything they need. Now go invite the people who can't afford what they don't have. And so I'm studying the verse, invite the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. According to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you have your physiological needs, which are water, food, shelter. Um, you have your safety needs, security. You have the need of belonging, belongingness, which is relationships. Then you have the need for a self-esteem. So you need to know you, you look good and it's all good. Then there's a need for self-actualization, yeah. that you are actually somebody living up to your full potential. And I'm looking at this verse and I'm like, yeah, the, the poor, they, they need to eat at the banquet. They, they need to feel important. I'm looking at the crippled. Yeah, they, they need a, a nice place to be that night. I'm looking at the blind. Yeah, they, they need to be served and the lame. And, and I'm studying this week, and it's like God interrupted me. He said, Joshua, look, I need you to stop preparing for people, and I need this to hit you first before you deliver it to people. He said, Joshua, I need you to understand that you're poor. You're crippled, you're blind, and you're lame without me. I said, what? I'm a pastor. No, no. You're poor. You're crippled. You're blind, and you're lame. God, I ain't lame. I'm cool. You dork. No, it's not what it means. You're, you're, you're poor. You, you have poor decision making you're you're crippled there there are certain ways that you want to move there are certain things you want to do but you you can't you're blind you you're confused in in a lot of ways you you see this a vision for your business for your family in the next two three years but you really don't see how it's going to happen you're blind you you're poor you are crippled you're blind. There's something in your life that you want to fix, but you don't have the resource or the power to fix it. You're poor. You're crippled. You're blind. 
You, you want a vision, but you don't have a vision. You, you, you want to know what the next two to three years of your life could look like, but all you can see is today. You're blind. You're poor. You're crippled. Anybody poor? Because Jesus, Jesus was talking about not physical things, because I, I know a few people that got a lot of money, but they lack a whole lot of joy and peace. I know a lot of people like that. They got a lot of friends, but you talk to them every day and they're lonely. I, I, I know a few. You're, you're poor, you're crippled. And I, I think the quicker we admit our poverty, how crippled we are, and how blind we are, I think the quicker that we can admit and identify those things. I think we wake up every morning anticipating the invitation that God gives us to follow Christ. It's, it's an invitation to supply your need. Your need must hold more weight than your excuse. Your need must hold more weight than your excuse. It's your excuse that's keeping you poor crippled, and blind so that your need can truly be met. Philippians 4.19 says this, and this same God who takes care of me, Paul is telling the Philippian church, will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I love it because when I was 19, and I was going from person to person, thought to thought, confusion to confusion. He met my need. In a six-people Bible study, Jesus met my need of salvation. I thank God that when I was a kid and I didn't know him, that he protected me from danger. I thank God that when that thing happened to me and I was hurt and I was broken and I was upset, he met my need, even though I didn't know he was meeting my need. I thank God when I was 26, I needed someone to love me. I needed a wife that would serve me, that would help me, that would believe in all these crazy dreams I have. 26, November 13th, 2013, he met my need. He met my need. You have needs. What areas of your life where you lack? Where, where do you lack? That's where Jesus wants to meet that need. What area are you crippled? He wants to meet that need. What, what area are you blind? You know how many blind eyes Jesus opened? You have to give more weight to your needs than you do to your excuses. And it's at that point, when you kick the excuses, Jesus can start to meet your need. The first group misunderstood that they had great needs. Because one day, that man was going to be running to Jesus about how crazy his wife was. That's funny. We can laugh. Husbands are crazy, too. <laughs> I 
I love that I serve a God who wants to meet my needs. And it doesn't matter who you are. I've been, I've been following Jesus for 11 years. And I meet people all the time who feel as though they're so far from God. And they think because they're impoverished in a certain area or crippled or blind, they think it's judgment because of what they did or, or, or the kind of family they were born in or whatever the case is. They think that, that it's them. It's not you. God says, here's an invitation to you as well. Here's an invitation. Not only do I, but others need to. So if I need, you need, they need. So my last point here is, You've been invited. You've been blessed this morning. You've been challenged. Right now, you're being set free in your heart in a certain area. And you're going to pray tonight and this week and at your light groups. And you're going to drop the the excuses over your life. And you're going to be a different person next Sunday. And because you've been invited, God is calling you to share the invitation. Share the invitation. So as master said, go out into the country lanes, verse 23, Luke 14, 23. Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. A church that is dying or plateaued is tough. Jesus wants the church to grow because the church are the people. How many of us know that everything that glitters isn't gold? Okay. So there are struggling people all around us. Your parents, your mom, your coworkers. Me, you, we're all, we're all struggling with something. And um, Jesus says, hey, I need you to go get the poor, the crippled, and the blind so that my house will be full. Your, your coworkers are struggling. And we wake up Mondays and Tuesdays and we think about how tough it is for us. And if you are a believer, God has given you the responsibility to step out Forget about yourself for a moment and to be sensitive to the needs of others. And so we're doing this Easter egg drop on Saturday. How many excited about that? It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There are already uh, like 75 kids signed up, so not including parents. That's about 200 people. Um, And if you had a, a second parent, that's about 300 people coming out to the egg drop. Um, And a lot of people have asked me why. Well, we need to gather as many people as possible in one place. Because this may be the only bright spot in a person's week. Well, not just week, their entire spring. This may be their only bright spot, their only bright thing. This may be the only thing that someone remembers by the end of 2017. So what what are we going to do? We're going to gather hundreds of people, not just for the sake of eggs and candy and prizes, but we want to love on them. Because mom and dad are going to show up with little, here we go again, little Timmy. (laughs) And they're going to smile. But they're also on the brink of signing divorce papers. 
They're going to smile, but he just hit her last night or she just hit him, whatever the, whatever the situation is. And as a church, God has called you to remain sensitive to the needs of others. I was teaching our superheroes earlier that in order to get what you want to get from God, you're called to love other people the way that he wants you to love other people. Hebrews 6.10, that's where you can get that from. Serving people in love. So we, we got to gather people so that we can share the good news of Jesus. And then that next day on Sunday, we share the resurrection of Christ. The most important holiday of the year. Yes, Christmas is very important, but Jesus could have squandered his calling. It's the resurrection from the grave that consummates everything that you and I believe as Christians. Had he not rose from the grave, there would be no life change in our lives. No life change in our lives. So we're going to invite them when we get them to the Easter celebration on Sunday. Why? So that my house will be full. Some of you have been with us since day one, back in June, when we, we had a, our first interest meeting, like there's nine of us that moved and like five people showed up. We're like, all right, this is going to be great. It's going to be a long road. But some of you have been with us since June. There have been a few of you in here. I know at least 16 people have given their lives to Jesus in this church over the past six months. Some of you have... Some of you have went on to become superheroes, and we honor you, and we thank God for you. Some of you have taken it a step further, and now you're tithing and you're giving. And people are finding true life change. And uh, what I want you to do is take these cards. When we exit, these are our highlight Easter cards. They should be popping up on the screen there for you. It says highlight Easter, April 16th. 10 a.m. I want to issue a each one reach one challenge. You're going to be supplied with three of these on your way out. Go ahead and invite three people that need to hear the good news about Jesus. Invite three, bring one at least. The Bible says urge them. Now, historically, the reason why the master said urge them was because people on the countrysides and the hedges would not believe that a banquet so good was available to them. Well, church can be that good. Church can be that fun. Church can be that relevant today in 2017. A church full of millennials, and not just millennials. Yeah, it can. You need to come, dude. If you don't come, come for Easter. Come for Easter. I call them CME members, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter members. Give these three cards out. Invite them, invite them out. You never know whose life that God is going to use you to change next weekend. Is that good? Let's go ahead and pray. I feel that the Lord has issued his invitation to somebody today. And um, let's just go ahead and bow our heads. If this word spoke to you, and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. I think that God spoke and his love has penetrated your heart. And you want to leave here different. You don't want to leave here the same as you came in. God has promised to forgive your sins and 
that when you pass away, heaven can be your home. It only takes one thing, that's faith in Jesus Christ. So what we're going to do is on the count of three, if you want to raise your hand, I love to pray a prayer with you. And we love to see you at the blue tent after you give your heart to Jesus. We have a gift for you. It's going to be amazing. And um, let's, let's do it on the count of three. Go ahead and raise your hand if you want to make Jesus Lord. He loves you. He's forgiven you. It's Easter season. On three. One, two, three. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you and we give you all the glory. Lord, I ask that you would bless. I ask God that you would give us a heart for others, those that are hurting. God, you've given us the invitation and we thank you for the banquet that you've prepared. We thank you for everything that we're going to walk into in 2017 as we kick our excuses and as we trust you. Lord, I pray for a special blessing over every soul in this room. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love y'all.